0: Adesso fatto il tiro Rete, 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 rete Un gol straordinario Perché tu, io lo so,
1: sei migliore di lei Perché tu le darai tutto quello che hai
2: Perché finché vivrai, amerai solo lei
3: Non farò niente E Riboccarla gioia. Riderà,
1: riderà, riderà.
0: Tu farà la ridere
2: perché. Riderà, riderà, riderà. A pianto troppo insieme a me.
1: Anche se soffrirò. Welcome to Rated This Way, a cultural podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the road of city and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us as always, we have Paolo Noboloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We've got a Mr. Chris Paselli. Hello, everybody. We've got a Gigi Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? We've got little Tony, who's just laughing. Paolo, he's just laughing. Why are you the one with the
3: xylophone?
2: i hope
3: you're ready that's gonna be uh it's gonna be saturday night (laughs) but are we laughing
0: and we'll all
1: be laughing oh welcome to the podcast um of course, Paulo. Why are we laughing though? Let's let's get let's get real here. What's what's so funny actually, about actually the
2: situation
1: that we find ourselves
2: in? Better question: Why was uh, a cherry laughing? Why was little
1: Tony laughing? This is little Tony. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, if you uh, if you understand Italian, he was talking about uh, his uh, his girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, some of the
1: she was crying or you cried enough. Hey, uh, it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something weird. Yes. <laughs> Something <laughs> weird. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anywho, um, we have had some, some calcio that's been happening, right? <laughs> What's happened is <this> we <laughs> have. We've had uh, week 34 of uh, the A season. Uh, we've okay. had uh, what else was it Copa last week as well? We had Copa Italia, the, I guess the second leg of of all those uh, semifinals that, or the two semifinals that needed to be played.
2: Um, there was also a the um, uh, game makeup game between Udinese and Salernitana. That's
1: right, that's right. So there, there was uh, again much there. Oh, I just remember that there's so much to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, okay. Let's just say this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through obviously uh, the latest match day. We'll get through all the Copa stuff as well eventually. But uh, again, we're probably gonna talk in bulk uh, about the state of the table, the state of uh, kind of where I guess everyone stands at this point because it's uh, it, there's a logjam in certain parts um, that need discussing. So let's do that. But we'll do that in in by by means of going through all the games and then we'll have a big discussion here. So let's start with um, Torino and uh, Spezia. So Torino actually win this game 2-1. There's a PK uh, early on. So Lukic scores in the fourth minute uh, and then also scores in the 69th minute. Nice. Uh, To make it 2-0 Torino before Spezia get another PK or get their own PK later on. um, And uh, Minaj makes it uh, 2-1. But that's again, that's the final result. Uh, the next game here, we had Venezia host to Atalanta, and uh, Atalanta get a win here, uh, which they've been uh, um, maybe unlucky not to have gotten in previous games uh, leading up to here. But again, they, they take all three points here. They get a, a pass goal in the 44th. Uh, Zapata scores in the 47th, and Muriel in the 63rd gives them 3 nothing lead before uh, Cernogorje. Is that how you say it? Ternigui.
0: <laughs> Ternigui. <laughs>
1: uh, in the 80th uh, for Venezia. So, again, it ends 3-1. One. Okay. One of the more important matches of the match day, uh, of course, was Inter hosting Roma. Now, uh, what, what was at stake here, Julian?
3: So, I mean, Inter need to... Basically, win as many of their remaining games as they can. Uh, they were playing a Roma team who was unbeaten in twelve, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Mourinho's. I think it was his first time back at the center because I think he was suspended for the Copa game. I might be wrong on that. Um,
1: I feel like they were making a big deal about it, so I think you're right in some capacity. Either case, yeah. it's probably the first uh, while in charge of maybe an, an opposition team like a in syria probably but at the very least that's probably or
3: yeah. you could say first league game back
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, first that's, game, yeah.
3: That, exactly um so big game for both teams roma are trying to keep pace with juve hopefully trying to see if they would slip up they can kind of sneak into fourth andrew obviously need to win out to kind of try and keep their Roberto hopes alive um game was a little touch-and-go at first. Um, Brozovic took down Pellegrini, I think, around the 20th minute. Now, there was a tweet on Milan Twitter that banged after this because I don't know. It was basically posted without context of Brozo fouling Pellegrini, which then spiraled into, oh, it should have been a penalty. Oh, the foul wasn't called. Oh, all this, all that. Um, When in reality, the guy just wanted a yellow card. Yeah, it was anyways, <laughs> I'll digress because I can get into that, but um Roma should we will, we will off get a into that. Yeah. That's Roma a court. That's a, Roma- That's a, a promise a from Paul. Kick. Um Mancini basically had a free header and he headed it just over the bar, and I think off of the ensuing kickoff uh Inter had a quite a good team build up. I think it went to Marco to Lattaro, to Dzeko. Tuchel and Al-Glu, who played a brilliant through ball through for Dumfries, um, who went in one on one and scored to make it 1 0. Wait, wait, hold on, hold
1: on. It wouldn't yeah. be the first time that Mancini's head wasn't in the right place. Not this Mancini. Zing. <laughs> Continue.
3: <laughs> uh, um, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't. Continue.
3: <laughs> Before halftime, um, Ball gets played down wide to Perisic. He kind of cuts inside. Brozovic kind of makes an overlapping run. Ball gets played in. He cuts back and places an inch-perfect shot into the top right corner to make it 2-0. Um, and then shortly into the second half, Lautaro popped up off of a corner to score his 16th goal of the year to move him tied out in third place for the Capo race. I mean, he's not going to catch the Capo race, but... 16 goals on the earth's affair in Serie for a solid season. Um, Kind of a funny play on this one. Ibanez kind of bumped into Smalling Smalling Dobe trying to get the foul. Uh, It was just comedy of errors on that one. Uh, Roma, however, did spoil the clean sheet at the end. Galliardini had been subbed on. I went back, I watched the highlights of this, and he literally, he looks over his left shoulder and sees Mkhitaryan. The ball then gets played into the box and he stands there. And Victorian literally just runs behind him for a free shot at the top of the box and scores. <laughs> so that made it three to one, and that was how the game finished. So Inter, at the time, moved into first by one point uh, with Milan still to play on Sunday.
1: Interesting, interesting developments here. So uh, that would that would basically put the pressure on uh, Milan on Sunday, right? So, uh, Paulo, what, what, what do you want to talk about? I know you're, you're itching here to, to well, I mean, speak on some away, things, talk, the, some topics here.
2: The takeaway from, um, from this game is that uh, if Bañez is um, not good enough to start in these games, the goal that uh, Lotaro scored off the corner, obviously his fault, he took out his own player, which mm-hmm. allowed uh, Lotaro to be so wide open. Um, but that's my first takeaway. The second takeaway is the response from Roma. Uh in the second half, uh they played a lot better and uh but didn't, you know, wasn't enough to recover the three goals, but it was uh good enough to show some life going into the um uh, first leg semi-final which we'll get into uh in the second half of the show.
1: Okay. Um I have a question for uh, for the resident Milan fan. Um, do you think Mourinho threw this game? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just go check Milan Twitter. <laughs> it's a reputable source, so let me get back to you. Yeah, okay. If I make sure it's tier tier one, not tier uh, 69. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, we already mentioned it, but uh, it was obviously an important result for for Inter. Yeah. Um, so Julian, like you said, they were at, at the end of this game, they were at 72 points, whereas Milan playing the next day, they were at 71, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, they, they still own that game in hand that will be made up eventually, which I think is this when week. They, yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll probably have a clear picture after that, but again, it's, it's, uh, again, I think they still hold all the cards realistically. Most yeah. of the cards, we'll say.
2: Well, they, they hold their own. What's was the expression? They hold their destiny. They hold the destiny. They're their fate, and, and, yeah,
1: they're fate. Yeah, their fate in right. their hands. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. Well, uh, again, they take care of business. Um, Roma lose and uh, and Inter are going to get the three points. Let's move on to Verona, who are hosts to Sampdoria. Uh, this game ends 1 1. Samp scores uh, from Caputo 44 minutes in and Capari in the 78th to nullify that goal so it's uh, again a 1-1 draw. Now moving into Sunday, uh we had Salernitana hosting Fiorentina, but before that, just to provide some more context, we had on the uh when was it? The last I want to say Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. So uh Unese and Salernitana as Paulo mentioned had uh, that makeup game that had to be repl- or that had to be played um and in this game, it was a shocking uh, result as Soler Tana in like extra time, I think 90 plus uh, Verdi scores to take three points. So not only were Soler past our over-under, which uh, we clearly, uh, yeah, they, they, they made it, I think, to 22 points after that. Um, yeah, they, they are, are helping their cause with these results clearly. Um, but that obviously, uh, would also depend, you know, they need to maintain some sort of form, uh, to make sure that they're getting out of the basement of the city at table. And they, uh, actually come out with a shock victory against Fiorentina. So Jirich scores in the ninth minute for Soler to make a one, nothing. Seponaro scores for Fiorentina to tie it but then another late goal in the 79th, Bonazzoli scores for Salernitana, and they get three points over Fiorentina. How crazy is this, guys?
0: It's the threat of the shoe from Davide Nicola. I don't <laughs> know if you guys it. saw that. So. c'est exactly. ça somebody was coming over to the sidelines and the shoe was off in the hand, <laughs> much like, uh, like you said, nonni with the slipper. That's right. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, not only did no- would nobody have predicted Salernitana to do this well, but it looks like they have a chance, right, of, of not getting relegated now. So, um, you know, we've talked, you know, time and time again about the boost that you typically get, you know, five to six games after a new manager comes in. I think nicola is, you know, past that now. Um, so we can kind of say that he has had a, a positive effect on his team, you know, outside of that first five or six game um, introduction. So, yeah, good. Well, well done to him. Um, I, I can't imagine the party they're going to have if they do stay up
1: yeah and to that point uh again I think that that stat would probably be um need to be revisited when we're talking about Devin David Nicola because paulo, I know you're itching to talk about him as well, so so we'll get into it
2: yeah uh, uh you know I think we tweeted out after that win against uh, Udinese, which came as you said michael uh late in stoppage time after. Udinese- actually dominated that game. I, was, I had that game out in the background and it was all in the until, uh, to at the end. And, uh, you guys, someone mentioned, uh, I don't know if someone mentioned Crotone but, uh, Nicola was the manager when, uh, Crotone made that, uh, miraculous, uh, escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, when, when, <clears throat> when they made that, uh, that escape, Uh, I think Crotone collected 21 points in 12 games uh, (laughs) before win on the weekend. uh, And after the win against Udinese, it was uh, nine points in nine games. So now it's 12 points in 10 games. Uh, And then they have games like they have six pointers against uh, Cagliari and Venezia before the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about Calieri in a second. Um, but uh, that's it. Like they, their schedule is not saying that it's. Uh, I mean, an easy schedule, in any case, because again, being the team that they are, being the lower end of the table, it's not going to be like you're going to come up against any easy teams at this point. Because you're probably going to have to battle and scrape for for any points. Um, but just to look at their schedule, I mean, obviously uh, Atlanta isn't the easiest one. Uh, but following that, they play Venezia, they play Cagliari, like you're saying, they play Empoli, um, and I think they play Udinese again as well. Yeah. So that's those are all those are winnable games, I'll say, for Salernitana, who are battling and uh, right now are in eighteenth position, where as they were in twentieth for the longest time, you know, my uh, probably ten points back of eighteenth position. Um, and again, now they find themselves in 18th. So they are only three points back of Cagliari with a game in hand.
2: Yeah. So you're probably looking at you know, if they win out, let's say uh, hypothetically, or <laughs> if they win uh, four of their last five games, because you know you're playing against um, Atlanta, and Atlanta need those points to stay uh, in the top seven, which we'll, we'll discuss about, mm-hmm. about uh, with Fiorentina in the mix as well uh so if they win out four of the five uh five games uh you'll probably have enough points to get to to the twenty one you know uh or even win when three three of those five games so i, I think that that twenty one point mark which which was referenced when uh crotoni uh, uh, were safe uh, that season in uh, 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. I think that's the mark that they, they have to be aiming for as well. If they have any chance of, um, of being safe this season. Still time, yeah.
1: So just to um, offer another perspective here. So Venezia as well, our game, they have a game in hand, I guess on the rest of the table here, they're at 33 matches played. Uh, and 22 points, so they're in they're in 20th position at the moment. So let's say, I mean, just let's look at their remaining schedule. They play Juventus this weekend. Uh, then they play against Salernitana. They play Bologna, Roma, and Cagliari. So again, Cagliari are in are they Caleri need to win those games against Salernitana against Venezia um, in order to secure themselves safety. And it's going to be very interesting because th- again, these teams need to be battling here um they they are they're, they're, they're going to be desperate it's going to be a lot of desperate calcio and yeah it, it's this this is the the race i'm not sure if we saw this at the beginning of the season shaping up this way but it it almost turns out every year that there's some sort of drama that's happening at the at the end of the table and this one i, I i'm not sure again maybe maybe the last time we saw something like this was Crotone, like paulo saying
2: or even um it was in um, 2018, 2019, when uh, Fiorentina were close to being relegated right. as well. It,
1: yeah, was was that two years ago or last
2: year? Maybe. I, oh, I think I think it's 2018, 2019. I'm pretty sure. Oh, look it up.
3: Yeah, it was. So, I just remember that was the year Inter beat Empoli on the last match day because Fiorentina and Genoa tied, and because yeah, Empoli lost. Yeah yeah
2: yeah and Empley it, and and right. zoe was was um was manager that season yeah for Empley as well and honestly and and they gave it a go against inter and almost almost won that game
3: they i think yeah. they, it was a miracle that they inter managed to keep him yeah. out of the net at the end.
2: Honestly, amply deserved to stay up that season with what pretty much was a a, a biscotto against uh, <laughs> uh, in the Fiorentina general game as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> you're right. It's uh, eighteen nineteen. Yeah. <sighs> anyways, this is it's uh, it's shaping up to be a very exciting end of the season, especially considering again, Venezia are going to be playing Calgary on the last day. There's there's lots of different storylines to kind of explore uh, as we. Find ourselves closing out the season in the next month, so very okay, exciting. Well,
2: I mean, at this point, I might as well talk about uh, general uh, Cali. Well, no, no.
1: We're about okay. to talk about them, so once we get to Genoa hosting Cali, we'll talk about it. So let's just again, that's enough for Salernitana Fiorentina. Let's move to Bologna Udinese. That game ends two two. Hickey in the sixth. Uh, Udogi in the 25th and then, uh, success, su- success, success, uh, in the 46th minute for Udinese, uh, before Sensoni sc- uh, scores in the 59th to tie it. And that's how that ends, uh, Empoli and Napoli. This was another, uh, sensational game. We'll say. So Napoli, of course, um, are, we're still in the hunt are still in the hunt at this point. You know, they, they've had some setbacks obviously with, um, losing to Fiorentina a couple weeks ago. Uh, They drew Roma uh, last week, I think it was. And again, going into it, they still only found themselves maybe two, two really good results, obviously going in their favor to really find themselves back in, in that one, two mix. Um, But I think this kind of tanks their (laughs) their chances here. So uh, they come out, to two nothing, uh, the lead to nothing. Uh, Merton's in the forty fourth, and Insiny in the fifty third minute, um, and then Empoli with uh, a shock seven minutes of, uh, I guess, inspiration. Uh, Henderson scores in the eightieth. Pinamonti brace in the eighty third and eighty seventh gives Empoli the three three points. Incredible.
2: So here's some interesting stats here. So Empoli were winless in sixteen going into this game. Jeez.
3: Okay.
2: And then their previous win was... What, sorry? Against Napoli.
1: Against Napoli.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Their only win... Their only, so, so their only win so far this, like, you know, this round, essentially... Uh, right. The, the return legs... Yes, right, right. ...was against the team that they last beat. So they, they or, effectively
1: went... Yeah, I mean, not... Effectively, I guess, but they they've gone almost a whole round. <laughs> I guess in between.
2: Yeah, a, a whole yeah, a whole return legs uh, between beating the team that they last beat. Jeez. Um, but just one point before we move, move on here is I think Julian would probably t- touch on this as well since uh, uh, Spletio was was coaches at Inter as well. But the quality of the substitutions. Side of this game. Uh, Spalletti put on uh, Malfi, took off Signoli, who uh, who has now become uh, the first choice since uh, D'Alorenzo is injured. Uh, took off Mertens, who somehow um, always scores whenever he's on, even though he's playing not not at the highest uh, level as he was before. Um, and then compare that to with Empoli, who put on arguably their Best five player, uh, five players. Henderson, uh, who scored. Um, I believe it was uh, the Albanian.
0: He oh, uh, no, he on. Lots Barami,
2: yeah, Barami right, also yeah. put on put on Barami as well, and completely changed. Uh, completely changed the game, and as, as shown by the result. Uh, and then one last point was. I think this is like the third time in Syria history that a team has scored uh, goals in 10 minutes or something like that to win a game. <laughs> something like that. I,
3: I remember reading on Optopolo. Yeah, I, all... yeah, I don't know what happened. I watched the highlights and it was just like literally Empoli had no way into this game and Malqui. On the first goal, just tried to hot dog and dribble out of danger and lost it. Henderson was open far post. out on the second goal, I. That's probably the worst goal of the season. I don't know if you guys saw it. He literally, yeah, yeah. Pieter Monti was closing him down and he tried to take a touch and then clear it, and Peter Monti just blocked it and it bounced into the net. <laughs> Um and then the third goal again, Malqui just got beat at the far post by Pinamonti. It was a beautiful ball in from Bayrami, but Pinamonti just got by Malqui too easily. So yeah, it was so, uh, yeah.
2: But there but there was no reason uh to take off uh um Zanoli. You know, it, it was I think someone referenced to it as the um when when Spalletti used to put on Santon. <laughs> at, at, the, at, at the end oh, of God. games
3: or something like that. That's why I wanted to get that you that, Yeah, that just brought up nightmares of that Derby <laughs> d'Italia where Inter were up I think. Were they up 2-1 to one at that point? And then they subbed off a of Cardi and I think they are on Santon and they lost <laughs> 3-2. Yeah,
2: but that not that exactly what happened at this point?
3: Basically. Well, yeah, so that's what
2: I'm saying. So, I mean I guess, I don't know if we want to get into it now, but Justify that he should leave? Ettole Spall- leave at the end of the season, probably. I mean, if he like, it, it, it's like it's the same. It's, it's the same argument. Uh, you again, Julian. You'll remember this correctly. Uh, the the mistakes, mistakes were made. Uh, uh, in terms of being in, in the Scudetto race by blowing results, uh, as as Julian referenced, a three two loss when they were winning, two uh, one against Milan. If uh, if Mapley stay in the top four and get champions league, does he stay? I mean, should he stay, I should say? That's a question. that's an open question.
3: I think so, yes. I to me before the season started, they weren't guaranteed top four. I thought they were gonna be one of the fringe teams kind of fighting for fourth place. I think I put um, my top four, so I think I did as well. I think. Um but I don't think that was ever really guaranteed. Now, I think they do need some help. I don't think their squad is as good as everybody thought it was at the beginning. Um, Now, the only issue is they very well may lose Fabian Ruiz. Signet's gone. Merton's. I think think they said they were going to. He's a free. I think they said they were
1: going to give him a contract. I heard somewhere, I think, on on the the rumor mill that they were possibly going to re up him.
3: Yeah. So there will be some bigger holes next year as well. So. I don't know. I could be the perfect time to bring in a new coach as well. Cause odds are they're going to have a worse season than this, this current season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I also don't like changing coaches every year. I don't think that's how you build a winning team.
1: Right. But Chris, what do you think? Do you think, uh, do you think this is, this should fall on Spiletti and, and is he, you know, is he in danger of, uh, of of losing his position should they fall out of third even or or yeah i guess even if they finish fourth mm-hmm. um does he keep his job if they if he they finish i guess that's the lowest they can go really
0: yeah i mean you can break down this most recent employee game and you know pinpoint to a lot of his mistakes but no i don't think his job should be in jeopardy i think whether they finish in third where they are currently or even if they slip into fourth i think uh, I agree with Julian's last point there that you can't you can't really build a successful team um, by changing managers every year. I know once in a while, you know, a.k.a. Antonio Conte, he can come in and, you know, give you some success right away. But I think Napoli need to hold on to him. Uh, they need to decide this summer if they're going to keep Osman. Uh, I don't want to go down a, a rumor mill here, but I think they need to decide if they're going to keep him and build a squad around him. Or are you going to sell him and then, you know, reallocate, you know, that money to to give Spalletti some more squad depth, but no, I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he should be gone.
2: Um, but if we are going down that.
0: No, I said we're we are not. not going we're down we're that. not. Paul, that's why I started. <laughs> <doing that. laughs>
1: Paulo seems to be hard of hearing. <laughs> Selective hearing. Selective. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I think Napoli just have gotten this reputation. Uh, and they don't do themselves any favors, uh, but they seem to be serial bottlers of, uh, of success. (laughs) Um, so with this again, result, uh, they find themselves at 67 points still. They don't make any gains. They're still in third, but, um, unfortunately they, they have a law, another loss here to, to kind of maintain and, and not really gain any edge on any other teams, possibly doing worse than them. Um, if we move on here, uh, we have Genoa host to Cagliari. Paulo we can talk about it. Genoa won this game very late uh, to steal the points from Cagliari. Um, so, uh, who was it? Badella, I think, scores in the 89th. Yeah. So, uh, again, this is what we're talking about in terms of a log jam here. So, <laughs> Genoa, with their win, also reached 25 points. So, they're on par uh, points wise with Salernitana, though, again, Salernitana have that game in hand. But they're now only three points back at Cagliari. So uh, these are probably games where Cagliari need to win. Obviously, you know, Genoa, Salernitana, Venezia. They've come up against or, Genoa and lost. Now they have or the even other two. draw. Yeah, or I mean, even draw exactly. Yeah, yeah, any any sort of again just to maintain that that 17th position really. Um, but again, they've they've come up against Genoa and they lost. So now we're going to have to see them against Salernitana and Venezia in the coming weeks to see how they fare, um, which again may push one of those teams into that into that safety position.
2: Uh, just a note on on the game as well. It, it's, it's always entertaining talking about Walter Mazzari, but uh, so first it was after, after the game the post match interview on DAZN in Italy, uh, he got in, He got into an argument with the uh referee analyst about how that there should have been a, a penalty for a cavity in the game uh the referee analyst disagreed essentially uh like i don't know if he was told to go fuck off but uh he, he essentially left the interview so this is a uh, uh, polemica number one uh or you know controversy number one. yeah 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 Mazarism. It was, in, it was during the press conference, the post-match press conference, where he essentially accused uh, Blesin of being, in uh, Italian, say maleducato, which in English is not as uneducated, but disrespectful. Uh, because either he didn't, didn't um, shake hands before the game. And then Mazzari, because that happened, Mazzari refused to shake hands with him after the game. So, yeah, it, it, it just uh, a lot of. Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that because I thought it was interesting to bring up in terms of just how erratic Manzeri is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, he was brought in to <laughs> try to maintain, um, I guess, Serie A soccer for Kadiri. And, you know, there, there was a string of games where he was doing fine, and, and that pulled them out of the relegation battle. Um, mm-hmm. well, out of the relegation zone, I would say. This still obviously in that battle. But, uh, yeah, again, maybe the magic isn't enough. Maybe we're going to see some... I think the Nicola magic might be greater than the Mazzari magic.
2: Well, that I, I, I can agree with because Nicola already did it once. But uh, in terms of Genoa, I just want to touch on Genoa before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, so this is... Uh, Blazen went on that six-game... Uh, point streak uh, where he like, drew six or seven times uh, before winning. He has two wins. Essentially, since he's taken over, I think he has more and wins than
0: losses. I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, if you draw six in a row, think there's only three other games to, to consider. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, that's why Genoa is still within three points, as Michael said.
0: Yeah, it, so, it's,
2: it
1: let's, it's effectively, again, let's say... Well, again, Vencia have a game in hand, but it, it's it's really incredible, honestly, because it's it's a three-point difference, effectively, from 17th to, I guess, 18-19, and maybe even 20th. So, but, sorry, yeah. I sir. just
3: want to say, Venetia's game in hand is against Lerney so it kind of makes it that much more interesting.
1: Right, right.
3: Oh, God.
2: And then, plus... Uh, Sampdoria is not out of this yet, and if Genoa beats Sampdoria in the Derby Dillon de Interna next week, then all bets are off. So it could be um, uh, five teams within eight points. It's probably like five teams within uh, five points. Wow.
1: So, yeah, we, then, we, another... we've, we've got a race.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and just again, so now we move on. Now I want to get to Sampdoria before, uh, before we truly move on from the relegation race. Uh, it was, and you talk about bringing in a manager, Michael uh, Gianpaolo, who brought in uh, to push Sampdoria up the table has managed to do the opposite. Actually, brought um, Sampdoria closer to the relegation zone than I'm pretty sure uh, Roberto Derversa was doing when he was manager. So someone, uh, hey, someone has to look that up as well because he left. Uh, the 17th of January, so I want to see how many points Sampdoria had then. Yeah, you look it up. Okay, well, I'll look up at break and then I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought.
1: Um, okay, well, again, that's all that to say is that uh, you know, we continue to be surprised by this these bottom teams, uh, well, these lower end of the table. I don't want to say bottom teams, but That's kind of what they are, but in any case, it's fantastic drama. And that's exactly what we want to see. Um, but let's talk about more drama. Let's talk about Lazio hosting (laughs) Milan. Now, Chris, why was this important? Obviously, I mean, we had Inter winning 3-1 against uh, Roma the day before. What was at stake here?
0: Yeah. I mean, with, with Inter winning, obviously even more pressure on Milan. Um, with Inter's win, they did, uh, you know, temporarily uh, take over first place again. Uh, and then, you know, for Lazio, uh, they're kind of bottlenecked there with uh, Fiorentina and, of course, Roma, Atalanta, not far behind them as well. So Lazio trying to keep, you know, their place in the top seven slash push for fifth or sixth place. So a lot at stake for, for both clubs. Uh, but it was Lazio who got off to the much better start. Uh, I would say the first 10 minutes overall, Lazio were the better side. But uh, fourth minute, I believe it was Lazzari uh, puts a cross in from the right side, and uh, Tomori uh, was just a, was just a little bit too aggressive with his defending, in my opinion, um, and let Immobile get on the wrong side of him. Uh, and Immobile had a a nice uh, composed first time finish. So yeah, fourth minute, one nil Lazio. Um, it was then in the 50th minute, and I do I do want to say I, I thought. I liked how involved Leal was in the first half, uh, but he's still, for me anyways, lacking that decision-making in the final third. But uh, speaking of Leal, 50th minute, uh, he gets in behind Lazio's back back line and um, puts one in for Gidou. Uh, Gidou beats Lazeri to the ball, makes it 1-1. Um, and then for, for me anyways, Paulo, I'm sure you'll disagree, but I think Milan you know, had the majority of the better chances throughout the second half. I don't want to say that Pioli made any significant tactical changes, but, um, but yeah, Milan were the better team in the second half. And uh, as, as luck would have it, uh, 92nd minute, uh, a, a cross gets whipped in or played in that should, should have never really been played in the, in the beginning. I think it was Marusic who could have dealt with the ball better. Uh, and then there was that whole mess with Acedbi, uh, just inside the box, and it falls to uh, Tonali, who who puts it past uh, Strakosha.
2: Yeah. Yeah, pa-
0: past Strakosha. So uh, that made it 2-1. Uh, again, I thought Milan had, uh, you know, enough quality chances to, to get a second goal before they actually got it, uh, but definitely that second goal was a mix of luck and a mix of, you know, poor decision-making and poor defending from, from the Lazio side. If I'm a Lazio supporter, I'm uh, I'm pissed off with how this game ended, because like I said, they uh, were able to kind of hold Milan off, and then you can see that 90-second goal, 90-second minute goal uh, that way. It's quite disappointing. Um, Now, obviously, Inter helped Lazio by beating Roma the day before, but uh, still disappointing for Lazio, regardless. I
2: mean, where where to start, though? (laughs) I mean... Uh, it was a good good i mean it was good like uh, i think chris also mentioned it was a good first half from lazio and and, and they dominated uh, the play uh, i don't think milan had an answer to what uh lazio was producing chris said in the second half yes milan did generate more the better the better opportunities um but it came down to uh, poor decision making from from a cerbi uh, I mean, I remember MT was talking about uh, uh, would would Roman Yoli
1: MT Megan uh, Trainer
2: would would Roman would Roman <laughs> do better than a Cherry? I'm like, no, no. I mean, I mean, honestly, from the performances that I've seen from Roman this season, much better than what a Cherry uh, against against Milan uh, uh, on Sunday. And and to, to 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 laugh afterwards, even though we can pass it off as saying it's a nervous laugh or or. I mean that that should not be your first reaction. As a professional player, you shouldn't laugh at the fact that you. The, fucked that
1: They caused the. Uh, the, oh, was, oh, winning, uh, a, a losing, losing, goal, a losing, a losing
2: goal. goal. Yeah, a losing goal for your well, own team. Well,
1: let's just compare it to uh, who was it in the Fiorentina game? Their own goal. It was. Infinity. Yeah, and he was devastated, right? And yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that's the that's the reaction you're expecting. Um, but uh, you know, we have it. We we know we know who Acharya is. I think uh, we asked before. Um, you know. Yeah,
2: uh, a quarter for sure yeah yeah we asked before <laughs> about
1: uh Mourinho's, uh heart perhaps uh well clearly a uh, cherry is there the, the uh,
2: before one the reaction from Marisic. there's a video on on twitter of Marisic yelling at a cherry and and that's the right reaction that's the reaction that you want to see from uh, uh, as a fan from a, from a Team that conceded a, a, such a bad goal is not a laugh and and, and just you know pa- laugh it off as a, a as a mistake. I mean, it, ha- it has consequences. And the fact that he should never even touch that ball, Strakosha could have came out and played it and punched it away. I I, I personally think it was a mistake from a cherry because I'm pretty sure Marisic wouldn't have yelled at him if he he hadn't heard Strakosha. Ball.
1: listen this all may be um, a moot point in the end uh, we'll find out we'll see who ends up winning the Scudetto I just know I'm going to be laughing the hardest uh, if Inter win uh, after all this after you know everything's said and done because of that Spezia game that's going to be the funniest <laughs> thing in the world and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry with laughter
2: uh, another point, uh, actually, uh, again. Now we're going off off the field stuff between in, from this game. Um, the, the fact that MT has been who's been MT? Looking,
1: Say MT out loud. That you, you're talking in in nonsense. Twitter.
2: <laughs> 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 Julie knows where I'm going with this, but um, the fact that they've been looking for any contact, any situation to uh, protest about, to say, oh, well, uh, the league is fixed. It's <laughs> fixed. And, 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 and then talk about saying, their manager saying, oh, well, I'm not going to talk about the refs. And then two weeks later in a, in a pre-match press conference say, well, uh, the only way that we're going to win – as if
1: we get better <laughs> yeah Listen, I, I want to say this to paul i i-, I understand, yeah I understand what you're saying though, but I just want to um I want to liken it to perhaps the scrutiny that goes on from the other side here from you know the. Uh, the blue side of of Milan here when whenever something happens against Juventus etc. It's it's almost the same uh, sort of scrutiny, right? That they're looking at anything and trying to make a big thing of it, and it's it's also that at the end of the day, when they lose, they can say it was fixed, and that's a losing mentality. That's why I think Inter are going to win. <laughs> And it's funny because they, they're originally the lo- the losers with the loser mentality. That's just, it's ironic.
2: When you hire someone um, who didn't want to hire, or didn't want to sign someone on a 30 million euro contract and then use that same principle that he built a club following that whole of a... Fixing, whatever you want to call it, depends on which side you're looking at. And then has one, and then could possibly win two straight uh, Scudettos, uh, scudetti, uh, just as he's done in this previous club. It goes to show how how good of a uh, director this man is. I'm talking obviously not talking about Pepe Marotta here. Just saw it. Stop yeah, speaking code. Yeah, exactly. Um, just never speak in code. Just
3: speak in, yeah.
1: in fourth right. You don't need to. There's just no yeah. reason to. I'm just going to you on
3: here because one of the newest conspiracy theories was Gravina uh, was sitting beside Marotta during the Roma game. So, <laughs> enter it's big. <fixed. laughs> what, what, what what does have to do with anything? Because he's the head of the FIGC and <laughs> enters the home anything. team. So he's sitting with the home team director. Like, Because I... he's, he's, a, he's
2: a guest uh, of, of the club to watch the game. <laughs> it's called a VIP section for a reason.
3: Uh, I know. I'm just taking you on.
2: <laughs> Dang, like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to dispel those dumbass conspiracy theories. At least my conspiracy theories are, are based on... Uh, Conspiracy. Re- rash- rational thought. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> again, and one more funny. Well, funny, I guess. Funny, I'll call it funny because it is pretty funny. The the post poch- the post match comments from Pioli talking about lions. Uh, I, as, I, you guys read this, right? I did not. Yeah, not something is.
1: about something about lions aren't the smartest, but
2: but, but if it's the chimpanzee. Yeah. The lions aren't the. It's the what is it? I don't know. The the, jaguar, I don't know what something. Right. Another safari animal.
1: (laughs) Something fast.
2: Uh, And then, but they're the hungriest, and they know when to eat. I'm like, I mean, there's a good, uh, there's a good meme. Like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Uh, yeah, I, listen, I, I, he's uh, he's on fire. Okay. Let's so we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Okay, let's let's move on here um, because we, we can hardly hear Paulo because he's cutting in and out. So we'll move on to the final game, which was uh, on Monday, and that was actually Sassuolo hosting uh, Juventus at the Mapai Stadium. Um, and this uh, this game, I mean. With Napoli losing, uh, this was a big game for Juve. Uh, It it would be um, it would pull them effectively within a point uh, of third third place uh, if they won this game. And and Sassuolo themselves are kind of battling just for position of I guess sixth through tenth position at this point. Uh, But again, it's uh, it ends in. I guess to Juventus's favor, the game ends two-one. Uh, Raspadori actually scores in the 38th, uh, so scores first. And it is actually our goal of the match day. So why don't we play that audio first, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the game.
0: Kiriakopoulos, lovely flag. Raspadori down. The
2: Juventus target is the man who gives Sassuolo the league. Against the Biancorini. Giacomo Raspadori rounding off a wonderful team move.
1: So, uh, as uh, was explained there, he kind of uh, is sent in, um, kind of alone on, on the the left side, and uh, is able to to uh, to put it short side, I guess, near side of the of um, I guess the goal. Uh, and is able to put it through, so he takes the one nothing lead uh, for Sassuolo, uh, but it's Dybala, a short time after that, who ties it with another nice goal himself uh, in the 45th minute, uh, and it would uh, it would be the 88th minute uh, after Sassuolo probably were, were showing a lot of dominance, I think, throughout the game. Uh, Juve end up taking the three points with a, a Moise Keane goal uh, very late, so with this, again, like I said, they come within a point of Napoli. So they're still in fourth, but they're at 66 points, which is uh, one point shy of 67. Uh, And Paulo, you and I were doing the math. Uh, If they win out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they'll be at 78 points.
2: Yeah. And that matches uh, last season's total. Yeah. Right. So those were saying, uh, it goes to show that even though you have what, what was it, Michael, like two wins in the first 11 games something or something st- like that? Yeah, something stupid. Like you can still finish with the same amount of points and someone with a team that was playing more quote-unquote positive play, whatever you want to call it, uh, be- all because you win games from behind. Um, I saw a stat that Juventus has won 12 points from starting the game in a losing from position. From losing
1: positions, yeah. Uh, it's
2: something that wouldn't have never have happened last season. I'm just putting it out that that way, and it goes and 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 it's not proven, but um, explains what I was talking about at the beginning of the season with in hiring Allegri. There's you're gonna you're gonna win the, these types of games that Pirlo would have lost.
1: Yeah, I I think what gets lost though in that conversation is is the fact that you know. He yes, you're learning to suffer and you're learning to win while suffering. But again, why suffer is I think the real question. Why why are you putting yourself in that position? Well, I guess because... I guess because eventually you might find yourself in that position. You need to learn to get out of it. Okay, fair enough. But to say that you know, and this is if they win out, you're saying that they'll match um, yes. last season's total. And, and again, okay, I get that, but they could also not win out. And they'll and will be less. Um, it'll be a, a lesser season for them. So, again, I just want to I want to give uh, I want to make this as fair of a conversation as possible for for, for well, the I, conversation.
2: Before we get to, to, to the to the roundtable, I mm-hmm. want to point out. Um, so the reason why we we uh, we chose the Raspadori goal was because of the team play. It was a nice flip from, I think variety. Uh, and and w- what I found hilarious was that. Nice save on Skamaka minutes before letting the, the Rasparori shot near post. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out as well. Uh, the, the tying goal from Dybala, tweeted out tweeted the goal and asked the question, was it a foul on Morata?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've seen it go both ways, I, I think. I don't know that it's a foul. Do you think it's foul?
2: Because sure, uh, Morata has his uh, his hands on Kira I think it was. But when you, when you actually let the video play, he the ball he gets, he gets around Kira touches the ball away from him. Yeah, and Kyra is uses his, that momentum to fall. Right, right. So I don't think it's foul because I think Morata won the ball.
1: Yeah, I think again, just tactically, tactically, we've seen that. Called probably because again they're they're selling calls to refs and stuff et cetera but exactly yeah I I I could, I, could I, I would understand if if the foul was given but I think it's it's an okay decision to not call that
2: and then the win was even Allegri admitted that uh, he was playing for the draw as well uh, because you know tactically uh, Napoli lost all all your competitors behind you lost a point. Gives you another point separation between Roma, uh, and and, and another point closer to third place. Right. So sure, I mean, not that the right mentality, but I I can under, understand it's it's understandable. So winning this game obviously was a steal for Juventus. I'm just but I'm, I'm, I'll freely admit that for sure. But now uh, we can talk about you know the the, the whether it was a foul or the the seventy eight points etc.
1: Like the round table, you mean?
2: Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure how much they care <laughs> to
1: talk <laughs> about it. Um, if you guys have any uh, points you want to talk about uh, in general, feel free to now. Otherwise, I think we'll take a break. But uh, yeah, go ahead, guys.
0: I'll ju- I'll just go quickly. Yeah. I like you like you guys said. At best, if you win out, you tie last year's point total. I just don't see how. Like if if this was my club. Mm -hmm. I would not be content with that when you look at how Pirlo played, which sure, you lost games at the beginning of the year, blah, 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 blah. But he was trying to play properly. He was trying to play the way a big club should be playing. Whereas if now you have to win your last four games of the season playing shit football, scrapping out and playing Mm -hmm. on the counter against Sassuolo to get to the same point total. So I, I just don't see how a big club can be satisfied when you compare it to last year. I get that you're going to say, you know, we still got top four. Fantastic. But just yeah. comparing it to last year with Pirlo, I don't know how you can say, yeah, like, you know, Allegri was the, was the right choice in this and that. Um, I hear
1: you. I hear you. And I know Paul, it's probably going to be a little bit different than I am. Yeah. Um, I think that Pirlo didn't, I, I liked Pirlo. I, I thought having, giving him the reins and giving him an opportunity to build, you know, that kind of style that he wanted to build, like you're, like you're referencing um i think was the right decision at the time and i think it it, it could have been a very um uh fruitful partnership honestly if you know you, you you supported him properly you gave him the tools to to be successful agreed uh i think i i don't necessarily think that uh it's it was the right yeah i guess at this point uh, to bring Allegri in, like seeing what happened seeing what's happened I don't. I don't know that I agree with Paulo and say that this is like this was great. Is Paulo Paulo? Is that what you're going to say? Like I, I don't know well, that Allegri but, was the
2: solution. Uh, put it this way. I mean, didn't didn't uh, last year? Then they lose both games or drop points both games against the small, and and this time around in the away uh, the return leg, Allegri uh, you know squeaks out uh, a two one win playing yeah. that shit football. I mean, to t- uh, it's all about results at this point.
0: I mean, I'm a but they'll be fan. the same. Like that's like like you guys are saying. Even if you win out, yeah. Technically, like I, I don't think you can break it down and say, "Well, this year we got four points against us. While Pierlo got two, because because sure somewhere the else... net net is
1: equal." You're yeah, saying.
0: exactly. Yeah. So I'm just looking at you know point totals. Uh, whether you finish third or fourth, I think that that's irrelevant. Um, and I just break down, you know, how were you playing? And to Mike's point, I mean, yeah, did Pierlo make mistakes last year with? some of the subs he made and maybe some of the tactics he deployed in certain games, a hundred percent. But I think you had to expect that when it's a guy's first time managing, you know, right. a first team, uh, first team football at a big club. Um, so again, I'm just looking point totals, you know, where you landed on the table and then just the type of football that you're playing now versus last year, I would be, uh, I would be disappointed with, with the change, but that's, again, that's me. Yeah. I I would say this,
1: that again, I'm, i <sighs> am it's <laughs> – I'm not disappointed. I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because, again, I'm I'm not. I think if they had made the decision to stay with Pirlo and the same thing happened, I'd be okay with it as well because I think, again, he needs to be able to to grow and and, and figure out what would happen with it. He obviously had Ronaldo last year. He had a lot more things going right for him than Allegri had this year because, again, they, they had a really – tough start because of those circumstances right they had because of ronaldo because of ronaldo he was leaving they they didn't they weren't able to insulate properly etc right so there's issues that allegri had to deal with that pirlo did not have to deal with but that being said i understand what you're saying there there's there's no net progress um i'll perhaps the the only progress that i can see perhaps and again it is is worth noting that is if you're growing this team and this team has learned to has learned to suffer Maybe again, the next step then after this is to learn to is, is to build on that. So if this is again, let's call it year zero instead of year two, mm-hmm. um, then I'm okay with it. Because I could see next year, if you have, obviously you're going to have a full season of Vlaovic. Uh, Chiesa is going to be back. Dibao is going to be gone. But again, who are you going to, wh- what are you going to do to build that squad out more? Um, I would,
2: I, I, I think. I'm not disappointed yet. I think
1: next season would be would determine that.
2: Well, I mean, I think you said in today's comments you are talking about what, you know, how you going to build that squad out. Uh, he says no to revolution. Allegri, mm-hmm. he says no to revolution, and that they only need three players.
1: That's not. Yeah. I mean, what what three players though? I guess like again, you need a midfield. Yeah, um, you got. Need,
2: you need, desperately need a midfielder. yes. you,
1: you know, but again.
2: You know, know Killini replaced the the ball and and Killini's leaving. Yeah. Right. So,
1: yeah, I I think he needs, I think he needs more than he's saying, but. um,
2: It's because they don't, they don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit the actual um, full scope of the problem.
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens. I I think they probably expect uh, Zacharia or whatever to, to cement himself as well next year. Um, I could see that happening. I, I think. They probably need a defender. They need a couple of midfielders. Then, then they're probably okay.
2: And then, who they replace the Dibala with?
1: I think you probably, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the system that they're trying to go for doesn't. You don't include, need Dibala. Does yeah? It doesn't include a Dibala. I think is the idea. Mm. Uh, okay, Julian. Anything to add onto that before we take a break?
3: No, I just I kind of agree with Chris. I. In my own selfish way, I don't. I'm happy Juve are going to finish fourth because that means well third or fourth because that means Allegri will stay on. Mm-hmm. But I saying that I don't think he's the right coach to take Juve to the next level. I'll leave it at that. I don't know. I, I hear you.
1: I, I just don't know that there is the like the next level is not the conversation that needs to be happening now for them because they need to. <laughs> they need to set a baseline almost. You know what I mean? And and this is, again, I think this is a different year than last year. This is a year zero year because they need to rebuild, clearly. Yeah. So there's no next level yet. If if we're talking like a next level, like let's talk about Milan and if they win this season, okay, great. So what where do they go? What's that next level that they can get to to be successful in Europe and maintain dominance in Serie A, et cetera? That's a next level conversation. I don't think Juve are in a position to say that they're ready to take the next step in some sort of progression because it doesn't even exist. There's no there's no foundation
3: yet. That's fair. And just to play devil's advocate, I will say that's also difficult to say when they have the most expensive squad in the league. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. That's all I'll say. In that. And I do know you're going to say they do need to – Kind of start from scratch, and I do agree with that. They have a lot of dead weight. They yeah. are still trying to get rid of. Um, but I Which think, especially all the way but... soccer going, yeah, Allegri, Allegri ball isn't. It's not necessarily what's going to make the team better, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. No. I, again, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I just want to provide the most clear arguments i guess in sure. in, in just talking about it because uh, i think you're right i think maybe where what he could provide was probably something that was successful again in 10 years ago or you know what i mean like in in the city ad that we saw where Juventus was dominant and 7 years ago when when you know they went to finals etc um, but uh, yeah again i'm not disagreeing
2: Okay. Let, me, let me wrap this up. It, uh, this season can be boiled down to two uh, situations. Okay? Spezia?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm can't, beat can't beat him. <laughs> yeah, can't beat can't. him. <laughs> you can't beat that
2: guy. can't beat that guy. Uh, no, I'm talking about for Juventus. Yeah. Ronaldo not leaving before the season starting. Ronaldo, yeah. Uh, losing to Inter.
1: And losing the yeah, like this this past month, yeah, for sure.
2: Well, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, yeah, fair. We don't need to get into it, but you're right. Okay, uh, let's take our break. This is this is a long Syria recap, but it was worth it, guys. It was worth it. So uh, again, we'll t- we're we're going to take a break, then we'll get into our Copa review, and we'll get into a little bit of preview for for Europe, and then a state of few minutes. So uh, we'll be right back after uh, no messages, but we're just going to take a break we are back uh okay so let's try and do this as streamlined as possible seeing as how we spoke for four hours in the first half of the show um (laughs) let's call the first act because it was clearly we're not going to go for another four hours so uh the second act we will obviously get to uh the copitalia which happened uh this past week uh and we're gonna preview a little bit of um of the conference league the greatest competition um in the, world. in the world in the world in the world of course not just europe in in the world uh okay so let's again start with that copa uh review so we'll start with the the derby derby uh della Madonina, the big one big one
3: um so, Inter came out flying in this one. They actually took the lead, I think it was, within five minutes. Uh, Darmian crossed into the box from Otaro with a perfect volley, um, kind of in the side of the net. Magna, I think, got a fingertip on it, but it was, uh, it was quite a powerful shot, so I don't think he had a chance on it. Um, Milan pressured. They fought back a little bit. Uh, didn't really create many clear-cut chances, and Inter kind of struck again on the counter just before half. Uh, Correa played in Lataro, who beat the offside trap, and then beat Menao one-on-one. Um, second half, the kind of contentious moment of the game. Beneser scored, honestly, a very nice goal. Um, however, it was ruled out due to offside, um, as Kululu was ruled to be in Händanovic's line of sight. Now, I will say Hindanovich was not saving this shot at all. Um, but the rules, it's an offside call, so the outcome does not affect the play. Um, Kalulu was five yards away from Hindanovich, kind of ran across his line of sight. So I can understand why it was called. Um, and as the rule book, it was called correctly, but Milan were kind of hard done on that one. Um, and then Inter field it later on in the 80th minute or so. Uh, Brozovic crossed it in for Gosens, who got his first goal and an Inter jersey. Gosens' goal. Um,
2: okay, so that was another thing. So, uh, they were saying that, um, or uh, Milan Twitter was complaining about this goal as well. This is what started the whole uh, <laughs> the whole
1: week of madness. For
2: them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the whole like week of in, <laughs> like implosion on Twitter. Um, <laughs> By the letter of the law, as Julian said, it was an offside. It doesn't matter if um, damage couldn't have saved it or the fact that um, uh, Kululu wasn't in the line of sight. What, what, the reason why it was called is because I think uh, a couple of videos on this, that, that there's a triangle from the line of sight from bet- between the inter-defenders, the keeper... And, uh, the, and, and the, player, the and the players, clue who ran across that triangle, that's the line of sight. So by that application of the rule, it was a, it was a, it was an offside. It was the correct call. Plus, plus, even if, um, Milan scored, okay, they were, they were still down in that game. And that's I it's not I, like I
1: can't, I can't hear you. Even if Milan scored, what?
2: Even if Milan scored, it's not like that they would have tied the game or they right. would have been leading in
3: this game.
1: Well, at that point, you was, never it, know. There was, it, it would have, have been 2-1, right?
3: Yeah, it, and there's still a good 20 minutes from that point on. And they, only, they needed the tie. If they tied, they would have gone through.
1: Right, yeah, because they were the away team at that point.
3: Yeah. But, but, um, this is the whole
2: point. Now we're talking about hypotheticals. So what I'm just saying is that <laughs> at that moment, it's not like that it had a huge effect on the game
1: yeah I think Julian's right. Milan were hard done by the decision, but again, and to your point as well, it was probably the right call though
2: so we we can put an end to this, but they're obviously gonna bring it up for the rest of the season, and it's obviously gonna be even <laughs> worse if they don't win any titles this season
1: uh yeah yeah
3: I mean chris what do you think yeah
0: <laughs> uh i mean yeah it it's harsh uh for, I think it's in American football there's that whole, there's that rule or somewhat of a rule where um, defensive pass interference doesn't get called if it was an uncatchable ball or something like that, where basically if yeah. it, the receiver had no chance of catching it then it kind of makes everything else null and void. Uh, I kind of feel like something needs to be brought into play here where if, if the player who's offside is not truly affecting the goalkeeper's ability to see the ball and make a save uh, that he should not be offside. It's the same way when they change the offside rule. If you're offside, but you just stand there and let the ball fly over you. And somebody who runs Mm -hmm. from deep was onside gets there. The flag doesn't go up. Right. So uh, anyways, by the letter of the law. Yeah. It it needs to be called, but uh, I I can, I could make an argument for how they need to amend that for similar cases. But um, to Paulo's point, uh, Inter were the better team the whole game. So, I mean, could it have changed the game? Maybe, but uh, Inter, Inter were the better team and deserved to win. So, um, Finita.
2: Okay, so uh, just to wrap it all up here, Michael, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: after the game, so like immediately after the game, Pioli was shown um, the goal. On fire? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pioli was was shown the goal on replay, and his argument was that damage um, didn't. Playing or didn't argue, mm-hmm. uh, so it should have been a good goal. So it should have been a good goal, and then and then he he saw
3: the replay and then immediately walked off. <laughs> it's but I'm just it's gonna egg you on again. It's funny too because they literally showed Handanovic go up to the ref and kind of point to his eyes.
1: I can't so, see. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: so
3: th- but I mean, but but
1: to be fair <laughs> though, he was saying my cataracts cuz I'm 50 years 50 million years old. He was saying that's my laser vision. You see what, I did
2: there? <laughs> see what I, just it's the the hypocrisy of the whole situation. If he didn't say at the be- like uh, you know weeks ago that I'm not going to talk about refs, the, then fans wouldn't start taking the piss the land for this whole situation
1: yeah i mean it's the same thing every year with every manager so i don't want to get into it because it's just how they operate so at the end of the day he is going to say and do what he needs to do in order to try and get results in his favor right and, and try and get the psychological game with uh, the referees in his favor and in in his end of the court or whatever. But at the end of the day, what's most important is that he lost and that's it. Now let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's see if you can, uh, Paula, if you want to discuss the UVA Fiorentina game. So again, we, we, we spoke about how, Um, The first game was uh, Fiorentina was hosting Juve and it ended in that uh, 1-0 victory for Juve uh, by an own goal by Venuti. And we talked about Venuti, obviously, uh, prior to the break. Um, So again, that set up Juve already uh, with the edge, obviously with the one goal lead, but also with that away goal lead. Uh, So it wasn't over. The tie wasn't over, but Juve hosted Fiorentina with with it all to play for.
2: Yeah, so... um... Fiorentina usually does. They start off really strongly. They had a couple of chances, but then uh, as the game went on, uh, I even said in his post match conference maybe they did too much to try to win the game. And I think that too much is the fact that they were um, were, were were split wide open. Uh, the man who risked the play, uh, Federico <laughs> Bernardeschi, scored. Uh, Actually, it was a decent shot. It went in and off the post, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then uh, Rabio uh, scored, but uh, was ruled, uh, was ruled, ruled, called back. I don't think my brain could have handled and Rabio scoring in the same game, uh, but, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, and then uh, Juventus kind of wrapped it up with uh, Danilo scoring towards the end of the game.
1: Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah I mean that, that gives them a three. Nothing I could win, just like Inter. Um, so uh, that's that's the tie. And, and again, they over the two legs were they deserving of the of the victory? I guess that's the, that's the question I'll ask you, Paulo. We're, did Juve deserve this uh, semifinal victory?
2: Uh, I don't know. In the first game is hard it's hard to argue the fact that they deserve it. They obviously got lucky with the own goal in, you know the final minutes of the game but uh in the return leg I think they deserved I think they they had a, they had a game plan other than the first uh you know 20 minutes they absorbed mm-hmm. uh your know, Fiorentina's uh pressing early on in the game and they executed on the counterattack and that's what Chris has been bitching about this you, you know this entire episode so uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, just re- and just to rub it in Chris what did I say last week that I was going to be into Juventus in the final
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't listen to my talk. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, wait.
3: Selective hearing now. <laughs> ah, jeez. Ah, that was good, Paul.
1: Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, like we mentioned, it is going to be Juventus Inter in the final. And that uh, final takes place uh, actually in very uh, short order. So that's going to be in a couple weeks from now, the 11th, I believe. So that's in uh, not, it's in two, not. Not including this Wednesday, it's going to be in two Wednesdays from now.
2: So, I mean, this is the final that I was hoping for. Uh, you know, all, all the fans want, uh, you know, revenge on Inter for the last minute Supercopa. Copa, um, Super Copa uh, loss. Um, you know, and and this time, it won't be played at the San Siro. The, unlike the Supercopa, it's actually going to be playing on neutral ground, uh, which the Supercopa should have been played in Rome as well. But I digress.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, what's interesting to note here, again, Juve could uh, win the Copa, uh, I guess, back-to-back years again, but um, Inter could come away with a domestic double here if uh, if they end up winning the Scudetto as well and taking this on the 11th. So they uh, will not be um, shy of reasons, obviously, to uh, to come away with the victory as well.
2: Yeah, so... If they do end up doing that, now I can add to my um, expression, something, something, tripletino, tripletta, and my stat team D. <laughs>
1: You're right. Absolutely. You can exactly do that. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's move on to, uh, I guess, Europe, Ro- Europa? Roma. Roma? Ro- Conference League. Europa yeah. Conference League. Uh, so, yeah, we, we obviously Roma has moved on here. So the semifinals start up again this week. Uh, and actually specifically on Thursday. So they are uh, away to Leicester. Um, So what do we think of Roma's chances in this tie? Quickly, very quickly, guys. I want to get all your opinions, uh, and then we'll move on. But uh, do we think Roma have um, a good shot of moving on to the finals? Uh, Let's start with Julian.
3: I think they do. Um, I don't think this is the Leicester of... I mean, something at the Leicester four or five years ago when they won. I don't even think it's the Leicester two years ago when they were still a Champions League team. Um, I think Roma, especially with Mourinho at the helm, knows how to play in tournaments. I think they can win this tie. Okay, Chris.
0: Yeah, I I, I do think there's a bit of Mourinho influence here just with his success in tournaments. Uh, I believe the first leg is also in England. Uh, which obviously, mm-hmm. well, for, in my opinion, anyways, puts a bit more pressure on Leicester being at home. So I think uh is going to play to that, knowing that they're going to try and push. You know, obviously to to get a win for their for their fans. So I, I can see that being you know one 0 Roma. It won't be a a right. beautiful game, but again, it's just results at this point.
1: Paulinho.
2: Uh, I, I agree with what both uh, Julian and Chris said. Uh, I think there's going to be some Mourinho effect. There. You know, I'd be remiss <laughs> if I didn't say it. Um, uh, Julian said it perfectly. It's not the Leicester of yesteryear. And uh, honestly, they're having a very inconsistent uh, season as well uh, in the Premier League. And they also had a, 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 some difficulty early on uh, in this tournament. So uh, I, I think Roma has an advantage in, um, just because they've been in this tournament from the beginning. They know uh, what to expect. So I, honestly, I think Roma have, have a very good chance of of coming away with uh, with a at least a zero zero draw at some point and taking it back to to Rome in front of what's most likely going to be seventy thousand fans. Right, at the Stadio Olimpico.
1: Yeah, and uh, we should note that I, I, the away goal rule is not a thing. Um, yes. So it's, uh, you know, it is really just, again, the the psychological aspect of, again, you're, you're going in and you're taking the lead if you're Roma, hopefully, um, away and just, you know, having an edge for when you come home. But, yeah, so again, that starts this Thursday uh, and then we'll wrap up, uh, I believe, in a week's time uh, from Thursday. So we'll know again, by the end of next week, whether Roma are going to a final, which, uh, again, will be exciting for, for that fan base. I know they've been hungry for some success.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. Their- I just
3: want to quickly add on, for the semifinal and the finals in the conference league, they will be bar reviewed.
1: Yes, Apparently right. they
3: haven't been using alternatives. Right.
2: Uh, and also a point, too, I think Julian can also talk, touch on this as well. Roma did... Uh, Take off their main players as soon as the game was out of reach. So Mourinho mm-hmm. obviously had you know this game in mind as he was playing against Inter. Right. Uh, even though you know obviously you don't want to be down three nothing, they want to be competitive. And if uh, Mancini scored the header, then I get this would have been a different situation.
1: Did you? Good question. Did you not really understand that Mancini head in the right place?
2: No, I mean when we talk about Roberta Man. You said of just me, dismay- yeah. But I don't get the reference. though. what? What did he say?
1: No, it's it's nothing but what he said. He just he he was dumb, I guess. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I guess what I was trying to imply. Yeah,
2: okay, The I mean, guy doesn't know why. I'm like i say like saying because he's one. You want a tournament? He's but... listening because he's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, he blocked Julian, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So he's so if Julian I mean,
1: retweets he it, he won't see it. Money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, that's going to be exciting. Uh, and actually, I guess the last point that I want to get to before we talk about um, uh, City B is on Wednesday we're going to have all those makeup games or a bunch of makeup games at least. So we have Fiorentina Udinese, we have Atalanta Torino, and we have Bologna Inter. Um, so that's going to be yeah, a fun afternoon full of uh, of of calcio. Um, and then, are we all going to... No, actually, there's still one more, right? It's, it's uh, Venezia yeah. and Slaughter and Tennis still have to be made that up, got, I
3: guess. Yeah, that got pushed a week because Venezia was appealing to have, have that one. Basically, to get a 3-0 win. Right, right, right. Of course. So, they pushed it another
1: week. <laughs> okay, well, in any case, that's three games this Wednesday to watch out for. Uh, and then, beyond that, um, I guess... What do we want to look forward to for uh, game week 35? Well, let's pull it up here. We have um, some big games with, uh, yeah, I mean, Juve-Venezia. That's going to be big for Venezia. They're going to probably be pushing, and we've seen Juventus struggle against every single team uh, in the uh, classifica here. So it's uh, that'll be a big game. We have Milan host to Fiorentina, so that's going to be a massive one on Sunday. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess... Outside of that, uh, who do interplay? Interplay Udinese.
2: A uh, big game, too.
3: Yeah, they've been in decent form recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Paulo.
2: I, I, yeah, no, I just wanted to touch on uh, the importance of all three games. Uh, you know, the on uh, M- Wednesday. On Wednesday. So the Salernitana they play Fiorentina, you said, right?
1: No, no. So Fiorentina play. Um, on Wednesday? Yeah, but. interplay play who? No, no, they don't play. Fiorentina are not playing because, okay, gotcha, gotcha. uh, yeah. So Fiorentina play Udinese.
2: Oh, okay, okay, I, I misheard.
1: Yeah, and uh, Atlanta Toro and uh, Bologna Inter.
2: Yeah, so of course, um, uh, you know, Bologna Inter uh, with an Inter win, uh, they go top top of the league officially. Uh, officially, um, and also uh, Atlanta Torino. I mean, Fiorentina. Lazio, Roma, all lost. Uh, a win gets them back into contention for a European spot. So that's absolutely. something that we neglected to talk earlier. So I just wanted to, to bring that up.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up then with your uh, with City a Minute.
2: Okay, so uh, to start off, I think all three leagues are wrapped up in terms of the, all three Lega Pro leagues are wrapped up or groups, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, Bari, Modena, and Sutriol all got, all got promoted to Serie B. The fourth team uh, will be decided by that convoluted playoff. Uh, we, we mentioned it, uh, I think it was last month, so it's going to take 10 minutes, so I don't want to go through <laughs> it again for the sake of, uh, of time. Once, once the season's over and, and, and that playoff bracket starts, we'll, we'll discuss it in detail. Uh, so, let's go to the results uh, today. So, today in Italy was a holiday. It was Liberation Day, uh, April 25th. So, um, right off the bat, Frosinone uh, is a big result here. 4-1 versus Monza. Cremonese lost 3-1 versus Crotone. Uh, Asquid tied Cittadella 0-0. Benevento lost 2-1 to Tarana. Brescia tied Spal 1-1. And uh, Perugia beat Parma 2-1 with... uh, Go go look it up. uh, No, Perugia's scoring. Buffon (laughs) had a howler. Uh, So, with that... uh, Lecce win. They did. So, they they beat Pisa. So, another uh, playoff contention uh, team as well. So, with that, uh, Lecce have a two-point lead on Cremonese at 68 points, Cremonese with 66, Monza with 64, Benevento 63, Brescia 63, Pisa 63, Ascoli 59, Frozenone 58. And then the relegation, uh, Spal, three points above, above Alessandro, who uh, are in uh, 16th, and that's the uh, play-out zone.
1: play okay excellent,
2: so I mean there's still a shot ch- the reason I had Bellisconi in my in my mind is because there's still a chance that Berlusconi and Monza uh still could get the uh play ser b playoff to be promoted
1: yeah I think that's really again since last year i've been i've been wanting it because i really want the 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 bunga bunga derby oh
2: my god yeah <laughs> the the storylines of oh, having... Yeah. Bill Stoney back in Seattle would be just outstanding to watch.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's it, though. Do we have? Uh, do we have any other orders of business that we didn't get to?
2: Uh, I don't think so,
0: Chris. Um, um. No. Um. I'm just trying to think locally here, but uh, no, nothing significant, anyways, that I can recall. Yeah, Juliano. No,
1: I think we hit everything. Excellent! Wow, that's the first for us, guys. We got it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to, uh, I guess, throw a, a plug out there. Make sure you're following us on our socials, so on uh, Instagram and Twitter at RTW Calcho. Um, we, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have a dialogue all day, every day. Paulo's Paulo's. He's attached to his phone. It doesn't leave him. He's always answering. He's always making tweets. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's uh, again. If 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 we all agree, that's it. Then uh, this uh, session has been is adjourned. Uh, we will obviously be back in a week's time. We'll we'll get over uh, or we'll go over rather the uh, the happenings of the week uh, and and obviously match day thirty five. Uh, it's going to be a jam-packed episode next week, so make sure you're coming, uh, come by again because, again, we'll have even more clarity or even more questions. So we'll see uh, how, what state of affairs everything is in in a week's time. But uh, until then, thank you for listening, and we will, uh, we'll see you then. All right, ciao, bye.